Welcome to our C3 Grow podcast. Wherever you are today, we hope that this message encourages you. We'd love to see you in person at one of our three locations, Howick, Ormiston, and Suva. Visit c3grow.org for details. This morning we are in between series. Christmas starts next week. Woo! So uh, I thought this is a great opportunity just to bring a message uh, that is applicable to and relates to the day that we are celebrating our community food festival. So we are looking at how we can celebrate and acknowledge our diversity and also celebrate and acknowledge the fact that through Christ we are unified. So if you have your Bibles with you, I'd invite you to open them up to Romans 12. Our text for today is Romans 12, 3 to 5. I'll read it for you. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you that it is truth, and we ask that you would speak to each of us this morning through your word and through your truth, Lord, that uh, our cultural identities would be celebrated, and thank you that you use them to bring you glory, that we are also united in Christ. So speak to us and move in our midst this morning. Amen. Amen. So uh, this kind of 12th chapter in Romans marks a bit of a transition point in this letter from Paul. The first 11 chapters are full of his teaching the church in Rome, uh, the doctrine, basically, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, He teaches uh, that we are sinners, that God is infinitely holy and righteous and just, Therefore, we are under wrath and condemnation, but God in his great mercy has sent Jesus Christ, his son, to live in perfect obedience and his substitutionary death then makes it possible. Thank God for all who trust in him to be declared righteous so that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul uses those first 11 chapters to go through those truths in great detail and praise God for that truth, right, that sets us free. Now here in this 12th chapter, Paul changes tact a little bit um, from speaking about the doctrine and theology. He goes towards instruction. How then should we live? Taking into all of that into account So he's saying, what should we do now, right? With all of this truth, how should we live in light of that, of everything that God has done? And after everything in his letter so far, right at the start of Romans 12, verse 1, Paul instructs us to live in view of God's mercy. I love that so much. 
to live always aware of the mighty mercy that has been shown to us. God's grace, just like we're singing about this morning, to keep it in the front and center of our minds. Of all of the truths that Paul could have chosen from what he's talked about in the first 11 chapters, he could have chosen so many things to be the foundation that we build our new life on in Christ. But he picks the mercy of God. The mercy of God. And he says, live your life on this. Live your life out of this place. God's mercy. Let the mercy of God be your guide, your strength, the light to your path. And Paul has written in these first 11 chapters God's wrath and righteousness, his judgment. He's written of our fall, of our sin, death. He's written about Christ and his resurrection, justification through faith alone, about the Holy Spirit, sanctification. But from all of that, Paul picks out this one great truth as the sum total of it to live in view of God's mercy. How great is that mercy? It's so good to pause and to reflect. Where would my life be without the mercy of God? We build our life on that. It is a rock-solid foundation, the mercy of God. All that we have is God's mercy to us. And you know, because of that, we are not a people who have to earn God's favor. We've received it humbly, with gratitude, knowing it is a completely undeserved gift from our loving Heavenly Father. So then, how does a person live in view of God's mercy? From this point on in Romans 12, Paul basically goes through and describes what our life should look like, and he's calling us to live that way. He paints a picture of what life looks like when a person knows that they have peace with God through faith alone, and Christ is our firm foundation, and our hope rests in him. So with those things in mind, here is a couple of things that we're going to take out from verses 3 to 5. The first is that we are in Christ. First and foremost, as Paul writes, so we, though many, are one body in Christ. Every Christian is in Jesus Christ, right? When a person puts their faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins, when a person has the Holy Spirit living in them, when that happens, without exception, you are grafted in and you are made part of the body of Christ. Just as your arm is a part of you, your nose is a part of you, so you are a part of Christ. It is amazing. And the body of Christ is made up of all believers from all over the world and from all believers throughout history. It's a pretty big body. The body of Christ, it is the universal church. If we are united with Christ, we are therefore united with every other person who is and whoever has been united with 
Christ. It's a pretty beautiful thought. The unity of the church, it already exists. It's the reality that we live in today. There is a sense, though, obviously, in which uh, the church unity still needs to be forged uh, and it needs to be looked after and maintained. But the greater truth is that it already exists. We are one body. It is a true, supreme, imperishable reality. One body in Christ. Which means that we shouldn't uh, undervalue the church. I think this sometimes the way that we do. Obviously, uh, I'm a pastor, and so you might think, well, of course you'd say that. Of course you'd love the church. Uh, but have you ever thought about why I am a pastor? Why do I do it? I could be doing anything else. Well, maybe not anything. Uh, not all that talented in some areas. But I could be full-time teaching. Uh, I could happily, happily be a stay-at-home mum. There are so many things. I could be an artist, maybe. I could be a drummer, right? Uh, no chance. So I could be doing, I could be doing anything else. Am I simply here for a job to get a paycheck? No way. No way. Not just a hired hand. My heart is a shepherd, a pastor. I'm here because I love and I value, I believe wholeheartedly in the church. In us, I love and value the global church. I love and value the local church. And most of all, I love and value and believe in this church and C3 grow. I love that we get to do this life together. We get to experience God's grace and his mercy together. We experience redemption, forgiveness, love, provision, spiritual growth, eternal life together. We shouldn't undervalue the church as we sometimes do. We need to love it and value it because it's your body. It's not perfect, not yet. Uh, it's full of humans, imperfect humans, but one day when Christ returns, the church will be made completely perfect. You and I are part of that. You know, and even when uh, the church disappoints uh, or offends you, when we do not live up to what Christ has called us to be, even in those moments, I still love and value the church, and I hope that you can do that too. Why? Because I love and value Jesus. And Jesus and the church, they're a package deal. He laid down his life for the church, for all of us collectively. So we shouldn't undervalue church. That's us. Even when people disappoint or let you down or the music's too loud, you are united with one another. They are your body. You are theirs together in Christ. 
And what you have in common with the people sitting beside you is something that, as Peter says, it is imperishable, undefiled, unfading. Together, we experience the most amazing truth in God's goodness together. So let's make sure, church, that we value and love each other and the collective that we are, the body of Christ. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And here's the next thing that I want you to see this morning, that diversity is valued in Christ. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Paul is going out of his way here to make the point that our differences are created and willed by God. Okay, We are uh, intentionally designed with our differences, and they're actually presented here as being a tool to be used in the pursuit of unity and harmony. Our differences are not an obstacle that need to be overcome in the pursuit of unity and harmony. They're a tool. And, you know, this is obviously true um, with respect to our different uh, giftings, the way that we're wired, and Paul kind of goes into that more from verse 6 when he talks about having different gifts uh, that differ according to the grace given to us. But it's also true with our cultural identities. And our vision for this church is unity, not uniformity. We don't want everyone to look the same or sound the same. That is not what we ever want. Let me be more specific. Christianity should not Americanize Kiwis. No, no thank you. Christianity should not make Māori more Pākehā. Christianity should make Māori people more Māori, as their Māoridom can glorify God in a unique and wonderful way. Christianity should not make Samoans more Pālangi. It should make Samoans more Samoan, as Fa'a Samoa can glorify God in a unique and wonderful way. Christianity should make Filipinos more Filipino, Fijians more Fijian, South Africans more South African, Zulu more Zulu, and Malaysians more Malay. That way God gets the glory. God gets more glory and our community gets richer, so much richer. Unity and diversity. It's just so much greater than uniformity or anything that the world might try and do. Unity and diversity. What a beautiful picture. That is what heaven is going to be. And we want to keep creating that here. Diversity is valued by Christ. Therefore, diversity needs to be valued by the church because the church is in Christ. And we want this to be increasingly visible in our church. That's why today we are celebrating the diversity, the beautiful diversity that exists in this body, in C3 Grow. Steve and I truly love and value each of you, including your cultural identity. And we want to get better and better 
at valuing this, letting it be a part of this church. And we pray that we can continue to work towards more cultural diversity and a united family here in East Auckland, in our Howick location, in our Ormiston location. Let all of our neighbourhood be present in our church, in the body of Christ. That is our heart. That is what today is a reflection of. The beautiful diversity that we are, being united in Christ. Living in view of His great mercy, His great love for each of us. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has blessed you. For more information about our church, you can find us online at c3grow.org.